1: Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV on a Balls McWednesday. Excuse the nasally voice, but uh, we're recording from home today. Didn't want to bring the sickness into the studio. I'm required to tell you that this is recorded. Not by much, not by much. Only a couple hours before the show would start, but uh, wanted to get content out there. It's a big week, for State and Duke. It's an exciting week. Not one that necessarily we expected uh, at the start of the season so give duke some credit here should be a fun game tom i realized something that i didn't uh, know the answer to last hour when we were talking and i looked it up during the break texas has home field advantage in the world series hmm. and what's interesting about that is remember they tied with houston during the regular season uh, for the division but houston had home field advantage because they won the head-to-head and so they were without home field advantage in a pivotal series. And uh, and then what you found out was that um, the reason that they have head to head over the Phillies is both teams won ninety games, and they swept the Phillies in the regular season.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And again, in in a lot of situations in professional sports, that doesn't matter a great deal. In this spot, I think it would. And that's assuming that Texas finishes the job. I mean, there's there's a lot more of the ALCS to go. I feel like the NLCS is.
1: Uh, I well, think it's over.
2: Yeah, it's about over. But uh, Houston has something to say about it still. I think in the ALCS.
1: I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that's right. Uh, I saw something and somebody asked me this question, and I don't view it this way necessarily. But um, you know, I'm fond of bringing up Bill Connolly's rankings when we get to the midway point and the SP plus stuff that he does, while also noticing, you know, of course that. It's a little bit different, and you've brought this up before, too, which is that his ranking isn't a current ranking. It's one that factors in things from a year ago, things that are happening now, but things that are still going to happen will adjust those rankings as well. But I think a lot of fans look at that ranking and they'll say, why does Bill Connolly always have us at like eighth or seventh? Well, SB Plus a couple of years ago had us outside the top 25. And we've moved all the way into the 15th spot, I think, before this year and now into the top 10. So Florida State is steady rising, and that's a better way of projecting into next year and the year after and the year after because it takes into account recruiting rankings, wins, significant wins, uh, wins when you were an underdog, wins in neutral fields, wins against power five teams and all those sorts of things.
2: It's better for that, but it's not better for the moment that we live in right here, right now. And Correct. I hate, I hate, capital H, that it is featured on ESPN as though it is some sort of, you know, current timepiece of a great representation of who is who, you know, And and because he does it every week with the undefeated teams that are left standing. You know, somehow, Florida State, when there are six undefeated teams left in the country, is going to be rated ninth when there are six <laughs> undefeated teams left left, and that's coming soon you know because somebody's got to get eliminated this week between Ohio State and Penn State so one is down there but it's just for all group of five teams not named I think I think we're ahead of North Carolina it's just that we're currently seventh we are ahead of North Carolina it's incredible to me that you can rank Oklahoma for example ahead of Florida State in anything it's not that's just given the everything that's we've seen so far this season i just i don't understand how you do that so oklahoma is 6th florida state is 7th
1: and i think they're valuing the oklahoma win over texas more than they are our win over say lsu or a two-loss clemson team
2: that's who's, under,
1: who's unranked yeah yeah so that but that's the answer to answer your question that's what they're saying they're saying the oklahoma win is more impressive than anything florida state's done I disagree. But, yeah. So the thing about that is that's not completely unreasonable. Uh, if LSU loses another two games, and there's a good chance they will, um, all of a sudden that win will not be all that valued, unfortunately. I'll still care about it because I remember what it was when we played the game. And I'll still point out that this defense dominated LSU's offense, which is elite every week. Uh dominated that offense in the second half of that game to go get us the win. Mm-hmm. And oddly, and you would agree with me on this, as time goes by, by the way, Florida State moved up one in SP rankings this week. They didn't oh. go down, they moved up one. Woo. Now, let me tell you why and I and I think this is going to continue to happen. One of the many reasons why, it's again it's not one factor solely. As this season goes on, Clemson's going to keep winning. Clemson's defense is going to continue to stymie yep. everybody they play. Now, their offense is up and down. There's no getting around that. Their offense is kind of, eh, it's you know, it's not great. It's not great. But their defense is really good. And it's going to continue to be good. And those metrics, those numbers are going to show just how good they are on defense. And that's not going to go away. And every week that passes, when those numbers prove how good that defense is, and those wins begin to pile up in that column, Florida State's win over Clemson is going to look really good, yep. really good. Yep, that's... It's just that at the time that it happened, it didn't because Clemson had lost to Duke and nobody thought much of them.
2: Which is what I'm saying: where where the win over Texas in a neutral site is not as impressive as stopping LSU's offense and then going on the road and getting past a Clemson team with that defense. That's more impressive. There's that's ironclad. You you can't argue that Oklahoma's win over Texas on a neutral field carries more weight than those two accomplishments by Florida state at this point in the season. Now Oklahoma's got, you know, more resume builders to come as the weeks go on. But that, that's the issue that I have. And that, that extends out beyond Oklahoma. I'm just picking on them because they're the team that is the Johnny come lately. They weren't even in the top 10 until they beat Texas and everybody falls over themselves and says, Oh, you beat Texas. Oh my God. You must be so legitimate as though Texas has been this bastion of you know quality in college football for years and years and years. Maybe it's that Alabama's down a little bit too, and we're playing the transitive game with Alabama a little too loose and free. But I would extend that out to Ohio State. I would extend that out to some other teams that are ahead of Florida State in the rankings because if I'll bet you if USC was undefeated at this point with high-scoring win after high-scoring win, 48-45 – somehow they'd still be ranked ahead of Florida state in this situation, which is where I call BS on using SP plus as a tool of today. It should be a tool of what is the last three years for your program. And it should be a tool as a predictor of what's to come in like March, but it shouldn't be used as something that the committee might consider on October the 18th.
1: Well, I dare say, I'm not sure that, maybe USC would be Tom, but currently they are like behind an awful lot of teams. Um, they're, they're behind James Madison, for example. Um, so I, I'm not, and, and, and we, we're not real sure that James Madison would beat USC. So it's, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't get as mad about it. I will say we're moving up in it now, and we're going to continue to move up for the reasons that we just gave. LSU is going to continue to score points and garner wins, and Clemson's defense is going to continue to dominate people, and we're just going to get Mosey on up. Now, the other piece of good news is when they rank him among, as you alluded to, when he ranks him against the undefeated teams, we're going to skyrocket in that poll as long as we keep winning because so many teams are playing each other. Obviously, Penn State, Ohio State, for example, are both ahead of us. Will they play each other. Yep. There you go. Somebody's got to go. So I said it last week. Take it on down the road time in college football. It is taking on down the road time. And last week it was taken on down the road, USC. A couple weeks ago, take it on down the road, Notre Dame. You know, before that, it was taking on down the road. You keep doing it. Take it on down the road, Texas. Take it on down the road. These teams are all gonna get beat. They're playing each other. Yep. Now it will get interesting. And it already is. And somewhat nerve-wracking when all of the take it on down the road teams find a way to rectify and keep winning. And then if we were to fall somehow, some way, yep. now we get into who are the best one loss teams. And that truly is a beauty pageant. And that really is frustrating. But it's also always been the problem in college football.
2: Correct. It has always been the problem in college football, but that is where the precedent that is being set now would influence that discussion. And that's where I get annoyed because let's say, I'll go back to Oklahoma. Let's say Oklahoma has one loss and Florida state has one loss and they both win conference championships and Florida state beats North Carolina and Oklahoma. Well, you know, Oklahoma state could lose or sorry, Oklahoma could lose Oklahoma state beat Texas again, or something along those lines. Are you sure that Oklahoma is better than Florida State and more deserving of a college football playoff spot than Florida State? Because I feel like the conversation we're having now about these types of metrics would suggest that that's what the committee is going to come to the conclusion about because of the numbers that they're seeing from a a resource like SP+. So that that is where my concern lies is when you're looking for an insurance marker, I believe Florida State has earned an insurance marker with multiple one-loss teams but it's not being discussed that way. The get out of jail free card seems to have disappeared. And I I can't really understand all that much. Why? Because I think by the end of the season, LSU and Clemson are going to be high quality wins, but it'll be too late because we'll have talked about them as though they're not quality wins.
1: Maybe. Let's keep going here. I know we're all panicking a little bit, but remember, another resource is the AP, as much as we roll our eyes at that, and Florida State's number four in the AP, only behind Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State, and they're soon to be ahead. If Florida State wins this weekend, they're going to be either there where they are currently or higher up. Um, Penn State's behind them in the AP. Oklahoma's behind them in the AP obviously Washington is as well. So, I mean, you, you, you know, there are teams that are beginning to fall out of those rankings. You're going to be all right. So just keep winning and let the others fall by the wayside.
2: Yeah. You're undefeated. There's not going to be an issue here. Everybody agrees on that. It's just, I I think, but who would
1: the loss be to that you could survive it? Because admittedly, We think the second-best team in the ACC is either Clemson or North Carolina. Well, you've already beaten Clemson, so the second-best team we think is North Carolina. Well, you couldn't lose to them unless you played them in the ACC championship game. So I guess if you lost in the ACC championship game, it would
2: almost be difficult to make an
1: argument that you're going to go because at that point, Carolina's going over you.
2: Well, there there has been a precedent of two ACC teams making the playoff before you right. need some help around you but that was the covid year when Notre Dame was a part of the ACC. So it's not like it hasn't happened in the past, but I think Notre Dame's brand carries a little bit more weight in that discussion because let's be honest, it's a committee room and people loves to worship people love to worship Notre Dame as much as any school in the country even though since Lou Holtz they haven't been very much. Um so it, it's a difficult lift but you know if you're talking about the Big 12 um who, who could Oklahoma lose to and, and survive?
1: They don't really have another game that they should lose. I mean, Oklahoma plays Kansas, and we'll see if they're healthy at Kansas by the time they play that game. That's I don't really see a loss there. I guess a rivalry game against Oklahoma State, but that's not a great Oklahoma State team this year. Right. I, I don't I don't think so. Um, the problem we have is again, who could you lose to and survive it? because at this point let's say Miami loses Saturday right or Miami play comes in this Saturday yeah yeah so let's say they lose this Saturday Miami will have three losses if you were to lose to them that's catastrophic you're 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 done if you lose to duke this weekend you're in trouble you're in real trouble if you lose I'm the only other candidate it would be on the road to Florida. And wouldn't that get intriguing? Now, I don't know what Florida's going to look like by the time we play them then. I mean, is that a six and six Florida team? Is that a five and six Florida team and they get to six and six with the win? Or is that a seven and four Florida team when we play them? I, I don't know. It will matter. It will yeah. matter. Uh, now, I'm not saying we're going to lose to them, but I'm trying to pick a team you could lose to that the committee would then say, oh, you know,
2: it happens. Isn't it fair to say, like, there's always a yeah, but with Florida state is the hard part. It just feels like in those discussions, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, but, and <laughs> yeah, but what else, but who else would be my point is who else has done. If you look at, for example, power, five wins, Florida state, uh, North Carolina and Louisville, are the only teams with five so far, Florida state has a neutral win over LSU and a road win at Clemson. I mean, it's just that resume still, while it's not as sparkling as we thought it would be when you're four and that you know, you'd, you'd have one loss LSU out there and one loss Clemson out there because they both lost to Florida State and they're in the top 15. It's not as sparkling as we thought it could be in the preseason. It doesn't mean that there are many teams out there with a better resume to this point, point. and we're at the halfway or past the halfway point of the season. There aren't many other teams in the top 10 that have a resume as good as this one. Not yet, not yet, and not even close, really, in some cases. North Carolina's
1: number 10 in the country. They don't have a better resume than Florida State. Oregon is who I meant to say, not Washington earlier. Oregon had fallen to nine. Uh, They don't have a better resume than Florida State, obviously, with a loss. Texas has a loss now. They don't have a better resume than Florida State. Penn State plays this weekend against Ohio State. So we're going to, this will be a moot point between those two teams that are in the top 10. Oklahoma should drub UCF. Washington takes on Arizona State. I think Washington's going to keep winning. But if you look ahead at Washington's schedule, uh, I will tell you, Tom, this is not an easy schedule for them moving forward. Uh, And that is where you get kind of excited because if they struggle and the Pac-12 is legitimately good this year.
2: Right. But but doesn't everybody rally around that narrative too quickly? Like there, there needs to be more evidence to shake out here. I agree that it's good. No, there's no doubt that it's good but are we sure that the game that we saw was a battle of two top 10 teams or two top 15 teams this past weekend? Like, do do we know that for sure? That Oregon is, is, because Oregon barely beat Texas tech. So, you know, are we sure that Oregon is this great marker that helps determine what Washington is in terms of playoff potential? Yeah. I don't
1: know that there's enough data for that. Well, luckily I guess we would argue, and this is true of everybody, everybody we're halfway through the season. So, uh, you know, as far as Oregon is, goes right now though, you're right. We'll see what they become the rest of the way. I mentioned how tough it is for Washington. They play at Stanford at USC. They play Utah, Oregon state and Washington state. There's a the chance to lose in there and oh, yeah. they, they could all end up beating each other up if this situation. continues. And as far as um, the other teams in that marker, sorry, I was looking at, I wanted to get that up there for you too, Oregon because it is going to matter to Florida state. Let's take a look at who else Oregon has. Oregon has Washington state followed by at Utah, uh, versus Cal, uh, Southern Cal at Arizona state and then Oregon state. So we would need them to lose another game. If this turns into a bunch of one loss teams arguing about their resume, I think. And I, you know,
2: the SEC, state, there's a path for the SEC to, to bow out of this whole thing. Still now with if Ballard, Alabama loses one more time and they win the West. They're out. Right. Well, LSU could beat them. That's a decent matchup for LSU uh, against Alabama. And then Georgia, oddly enough, without Bowers, they still have to play Ole Miss, which is a strange matchup. Isn't that that weird? Tennessee becomes a game that's in play if Bowers is not a part of the equation for Georgia, which he won't be. So you could find a way for a lot of these teams. You know, if you set the over-under right now at 2.5 for college football playoff undefeated teams in that field of four, You could argue either way, the under or the over in that situation.
1: I think I would lean towards the under.
2: Right, right, yeah. I don't think there'll be three undefeated teams, do you? If there are two, and Florida State is not one of them, at that point, I do think Florida State's resume would be strong enough to get one of those top four seeds, assuming they win the conference championship. And once again,
1: the evidence to that would be that you have a game this Saturday against the top 25 teams. So that's another win yep. under your belt if you get it. You know, it would be undeniable at that point. You'd be talking about beating LSU on a neutral field, beating Clemson on the road, and Clemson's going to keep winning, guys. I mean, and, and we kind of need him to.
2: There's so. there's one there's two other points for Clemson out there. So if they keep winning, let's say they win out, they will Clemson have 82. Ten and two. They will have beaten this week in Miami, whatever, that's getting less and less important. They will have beaten Notre Dame because they play Notre Dame, and they will also have beaten North Carolina.
1: Yes, their argument would be we have a loss to a top five Florida State team in overtime, and we have a, a fluke loss the first game of the season against Duke, who also as a top 20 team. Yeah. They, yes, they, they would be like, we're the best two-loss team in the country, and they may be right. They yep. may be right. I yep. kind of think they are. I mean, I, I they're already maybe the best two-loss team in the country. <laughs> that defense is going to play with anybody, anybody. Yep. Carol, Florida State is going to listen. We we already understand this. Let's say they lost to Florida. I hate doing this. I just keep bringing them up because I'm trying to find a non-conference game, Tom. So
2: yeah, it, it's hard with this with this back half of the schedule to find you know beyond this weekend, which I don't think is going to happen, but. It's hard to find one. It's you, know, you really have to turn over rocks to try and, and develop a way that Florida State's going to lose a game here over the next. Right, season.
1: but let's say, they, just for this argument's sake, let's say there are two undefeated teams and two one-loss teams. Okay, so that's, that's what's going to make up the final four. And we're one of seven teams that have one loss, five teams that have one loss. How do we get in? Well, we get in by virtue of wins over LSU, Clemson, Duke, Miami, North Carolina in the ACC championship game.
2: That's good. That's
1: enough. a really good resume. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually an awesome resume.
2: Yep. But this all supposes that there are at minimum two, uh, or at maximum two undefeated teams in in the field. So there are two slots for a one loss conference champion. We would get one of those.
1: Well, I'll tell you this right now: the winner between Michigan and Ohio State. Well, let's see what happens with Penn State Ohio State. I, I shouldn't be so dismissive of Ohio State, but I brought this up yesterday on Headlines. James Franklin's record against Michigan and Ohio State is god-awful. Yep. He beats everybody that they're supposed to beat, and nobody <clears throat> that is even or better. He's like 1-8 and eight against um, Ohio State, I think he is at this point.
2: He's also poking at your throat with a voodoo doll right now. Man,
1: he's killing me. He's killing me. It's Jeff Cameron Show. Who? Jeff Cameron Show loves Zaxby's. Yeah. Hey, delicious Zaxby's. I could use a warm, delicious Zaxby sandwich right now, chicken sandwich right now, or that Philly, which surprised me. I told you all that last week. It was really good. with That Zax sauce, but that. A tasty thick top bun with the split cut and all the goodness. Yes, do it. Throw some pickles on there.
2: That's yes. uh, They also have pickle chips that you can grab for a side if you want some pickle chips in addition to the crinkle cut fries. It's a home game again. I think this weekend is a multi meal tailgate. Multi meal tailgate. So, what I would do if I were you out there, I would go to the, uh, let's see, how many Zaxby's? Blank. For the Duke week, uh, I think it's uh, 66. Oh, boy. Okay. Sign of the devil. 66 Zaxby's are out there. I know there's another digit in there. But uh, 66 Zaxby's. I would go there. That's how you start your day. So when the lot's open, you bring the platter. You break out the platter so you can pick on it all day. And then after you've had your fill of crinkle cuts and pickle chips and the platter or the chicken fillies, that's when you break out the grill as it cools down around 536. I like
1: it. I like it. I see where you're working there. That's all right. What? Well, so you're right. You got the platters. You got the sandwiches. Now we ramp it back up a couple hours from game time. I, I got to tell you, I think we're doing a flat steak that we've marinated and yep. really put a good rub in. We're, we're We're doing it up.
2: Well, yeah, that's right. You rub it in there. And the thing is, if you want to reheat something you got, I mean, so you okay. can put the chicken filling in foil and then throw that puppy on the grill and then warm it right back up. Keep it off the
1: fire. Yep. Keep it off the fire. That's the key. That's
2: the key. Most things,
1: especially if you're doing any sort of fish, got to keep it off the fire, guys. Chef Camper Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chan TV. time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement zone the five years leading up to your retirement date and immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, I might add, Adam Tolliver and his team at Artists and Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us are at midfield, that be me, and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in. You're already on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family from a long-term care event, or carefully planning your legacy, The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of advisory experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. That's just
0: one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Cameron Show is a production of the WardChant.com Multimedia Network.
1: feel better, Tom. I looked at other power ratings during the break to see. And again, SP Plus is not that. But if you go to, say, CBS Sports, Florida State's the number three power rated team in the country behind only Georgia and Michigan. Mm-hmm. And their ranking next to it says, which is something we already know, this is as good as the Seminoles have been since their 2013 title season. They're 6-0 for the first time since 2015 have outscored opponents 80 to 20 in the last two games. 12 straight te- wins now for a team in which Florida State has scored 30 points or more. Um, yeah, by the way, that is sort of the ho-hum nature of all this this year is, and, and during this winning streak. This is how good um, and how much more the floor has been raised. Like Florida State accidentally scores 30 points even on bad days.
2: Yeah, you know what, and and maybe that's something that's worth diving into a little bit because this game could serve as a launching point for a different discussion around Florida State because if you win this in lopsided fashion, and it doesn't have to be a crazy blowout, but let's say it's thirty-one to ten, you know, it's a thirty-one to ten win over duke you're in control the whole game it feels like a 50 point blowout because you knew that duke was not going to get into the 20s or the upper 20s in terms of score the way that you know with a backup quarterback and that's a ranked win and you pair that together or i guess you 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 couple that or triple that together with the other two home games maybe attack on a, a blowout next week in snug Snuggy hill against wake forest and then you take care of business at Pitt. you could have a five game run when the playoff committee is talking about what Florida state is and you see a lopsided score to the tune of 180 to 50 or something along those lines, right? then you can see how Florida state will be talked about differently than we've seen so far, which is a lot of, yeah, comma, but dot, dot, dot. And if you say, well, Florida state won on a neutral field over LSU, they went on the road, they beat Clemson. One of the best defenses in the country and they handle business there in a true road environment in Death Valley, and then they've gone on to blow out everybody they've played since. You could see where Florida State maybe in the college football playoff committee's eyes might be ranked higher than just barely getting in at fourth and undefeated or third. Maybe they could be perceived as something stronger, but it would all hinge on taking care of business this weekend, of course.
1: Last year, they went on the run and dominated in those games, save for the Florida game, and – you know, kind of thought that Florida state was well on their way to getting that 10th win and having the kind of season to turn the program around. And now you're sustaining that improvement and looking to build upon it, like you're talking about. And this is a stretch of games that gives you a great opportunity to do that. Not only are you extending a win streak, which is currently third best in all of the country, 12 straight wins. It's just behind Washington uh, and just behind, obviously Georgia. And, so that's impressive. I mean, winning twelve straight college football games, the vast majority of them Power Five games, I might add, is a really big deal. It certainly tells people that the program is back to having strong footing, at the very least. Um, now they want to ask a different set of questions: Is Florida State elite? Well, elite teams, to your point, Tom, beat teams that they're favored by double digits against uh, routinely. That's what they do. They They don't squeak out wins in those games. They dominate those teams. They were big favorites last week against Syracuse. They rightfully blew Syracuse out. We saw the number at the beginning of the week. It was 17 and a half, and we thought, boy, that seems a bit short. You know, I thought that Florida State would be favored by more than that. Um, I know you made the argument that there might be a path to why that was. And that's a fair argument that you made. I just obviously thought a lot less of Syracuse than a lot of people did. And thankfully it worked out. I, I, I think four state will cover this number too, Tom. And, and, and again, that number being as high as it is speaks to the fact that Vegas doesn't think that Riley Leonard's going to play uh, at 15 and a half. If he was going to play, I think this would be less than two touchdowns. I think it'd be around 13, 13 and a half. Um, The fact that – so I'd say he's worth two to three points uh, on this number. So for Florida State, uh, if you go out and do it again, you know, they say good teams win, great teams cover, and great teams cover big. Uh, That's another – it's just a marker. It's a way of looking how dominant are you. You know, you're going to have stretches where you play teams that you overmatch. You're going to have stretches of games where you play teams that are lesser than. What you do in those games helps shape opinion across the country. Do you throttle people? You know, for years we would just assume when Clemson was really, really good, and we'd see those matchups each week, we'd be like, "Oh, Clemson's got you know NC State this weekend," or maybe that's a bad example because for whatever reason NC State always gave them trouble. But there would always be a game where you'd just be like, "Well, that's that's a no contest. It's going to be an ugly game." Alabama did this to the entirety of the SEC for years, where you'd be like. Oh, man, Mississippi State may lose by 60. I mean, this is going to be a toughie. Uh, they're not doing that as much anymore. Speak to the incremental return to the to the middle ground for Alabama. They're no longer this juggernaut. I mean, Arkansas last week has the ball down one possession. You know, yeah. so this is kind of what we see now out from Alabama. They're no longer this dominant program. They're good, really good, capable of really beating anybody in the country on any given day. We know that about them. They're also capable of losing at home to Texas substantially, barely beating South Florida, who has since been blown out by the likes of FIU and UAB. So that has happened as well. So what you do in these matchups helps kind of shape opinion about what the program is. So Florida State last year in that that winning streak pretty much dominated the teams they faced. Well, people later on in an effort to denounce that said, well, those teams were overmatched and injured. Well, they got treated as if they were overmatched and injured. Yep. Yep. They got their ass beat, as they should have. Or course, they didn't go out there and barely beat those teams, they dominated, dominated those teams. Again, save for Florida. Now you look at it. So I, Syracuse was overmatched. They've also had some injuries. Looked like a team that was overmatched and had some injuries. <laughs> Took an ass kicking. Mm-hmm. Duke has got a major injury to the best player on their team who's playing the most important position on the road at night against the top five team whose defense has been dominating against the run. Duke wants to run the ball. The path to the blowout that you're projecting is all there. I agree with you. I have to look on the other side of the ball to find a way to make this game competitive. And that's where Duke's defense could frustrate Florida state's offense and hang around a little while. I get what could happen here, but a really good sign would be if Florida state does pull away, pull away. And we walk out of that stadium Saturday night and Florida States won the game. I don't know, you know, 38 to 10, something like that. And all of a sudden you're going, okay, again, a sign of a team that has really good players whose floor is raised immensely talent wise and coaching wise, who takes care of business in games they should take care of business in.
2: Yeah. Agreed. It, that's, that's the path to making a lot of these arguments and and doing so through fact and, you know, Florida State's defense, you said this year before the season started that the catalyst from being a an ACC championship contender to being a college football playoff contender would be an improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Without question, now, this may be some low hanging fruit this week compared to what Duke normally is. But I'm here to tell you that even with Riley Leonard, I, I know he's a nice player and a good runner. He's not the greatest thrower in the world. So they were still going to have to run. It's the quarterback run that would have scared the hell out of us. And they might still have some quarterback run stuff this weekend. So I don't know in the grand scheme of things that would be totally different. They didn't move the ball against Notre Dame. So uh, I think Florida State's defense, from what we've seen so far, has paved the way and kind of held up their end of the bargain. Wouldn't you agree with what they've done to Jaden Daniels in week one? In retrospect, just that performance looks more and more impressive that they were able to make the game-changing play when they were on the ropes against Clemson. And they're the reason we were in overtime because they generated the turnover and they outright scored the points that put us in position to go to overtime in that game. And then after the bye week, they've largely been very, very good. And I think they're going to continue to be very, very good in this situation. The odd part is while the defense has held up to the expectations that you were hoping for to get to a playoff, the offensive inconsistencies that are holding us back from really pushing our chips all in the way we did in, in say, 2013 when we knew, oh, this team just doesn't have a flaw. Now, if the offense comes to life and puts a number on Duke this weekend and there isn't a struggle, you could take the other side of it. Let's say there's not a struggle, and this is before Duke fails on offense. You come out the gate running, and you scored 24 points in, say, the first two quarters of the game, and it's 24-3 to three at the break. At that point, are you willing to start to talk about this team a little bit more, with more bravado than than we have to this point?
1: Yes, and to the point that it is, um, uh, there's a level of angst, and the point of consternation is around the offense. Florida State uh, is really good on on the one hand offensively. If you if you need to know, the Noles are 11th in points per drive. Um, They're 11th in points per drive, and they've scored 31 points or more in every game, Um, and and that's impressive. Uh, Florida State, by the way, the aforementioned SP Plus numbers uh, is 15th in the country on offense and currently 16th on defense and um, remarkably first on special teams. So these are all important numbers. But as I give you those numbers, I should also point out, which I think is weird, Trey Benson um, and in, in the run game, Lawrence Feely, these two gentlemen alone are averaging over seven yards per carry. And yet, Florida State ranks 111th in rushing success rate, 106th in opportunity rate. That's the percentage of carries gaining at least four yards. Yeah. So we have a boom or bust run game. We do – absolutely nothing for long stretches at the time running the ball. Failure, 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 28 yard run. Failure, 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 failure. This goes back all the way to that Southern Miss game. When I brought up the 50 plus plays that were success rate failures. Okay. So they were raging failures, three yards or less on the play. 50 times in one game against the team that you scored 66 points against, by the way, Southern Miss just gave a 55 last night. They're awful. They're awful. We thought they were going to go on to be good. They're not any good at all. That explains why we're playing backyard football against them. Now, that is the weirdest dichotomy of success and failure I have ever seen. Now, I haven't done this as long as some others in terms of the analytics, but the fact that you could be a top 11 offense in the country and a top 15 defense in the country, top 16 defense in the country, and have all these wonderful numbers, and yet on both sides of the ball have two glaring weaknesses, and it's really weird to see it, especially for Florida State on offense where you have two backs that are averaging combined over seven yards of carry, and yet 111th in success rate. It's crazy to watch that.
2: Uh, Agreed. It's If you're going to run with the suspicion – that the offense has gotten better. It's that they've come out of the bye week knowing what they can't do a little bit more and sticking to what they can do. And these things can evolve. So if you're gonna Absolutely. argue if you're gonna argue the optimist side, you'd say, Isn't it scary that Florida State has never scored under 31 points this season? That their success rate is trash. It's trash. And yet, and yet they could only be rounding into form in a running game where they know that they can get two to three yards to carry with this one style of running that they didn't think in the preseason they were going to use. And that's all you need at that point is to be in second and seven. Or if you're in second and five after a screen, that you get into third and two because that's your ass. You know, like they're piecing it together. They're finishing the puzzle from the maybe the inside going out instead of building the the outside and, and finding the corner pieces and doing the border and then going from outside to in. It, it feels like it's a backwards evolution to the offense this year but it also looks like just after the bye week that they've figured some things out as to all right this is what we're gonna have to be and that's okay for now maybe it changes as the as the offensive line gets healthier too but every week it's somebody different that's in and somebody yeah. different that's out well
1: one farther one further point on this to to paint a clearer picture which has been a fun segment to do here about these numbers in short, Florida State in the run game is reliant on big plays. They they have to have big runs. So see Trey Benson breaking one for 80. You know, see the Toa Feely yeah, right. run last week. See, you know, th- this is what they do, right? They're capable of that. And for their numbers to work out okay and to be ranked high, they have to have those plays. But big plays are considered to be, at least in the world of analytics, unsustainable, unpredictable. You don't know in a given game how many big plays you're going to be able to generate from week to week. Whereas if you have a consistency in the run game or a consistency in the pass game, that carries over from week to week. And that's more of who you are. It's a better snapshot of who you are. We're working towards that consistency to your point. That's what they're working towards. The problem is, and this has been the problem all year, they lose first down too often. And because they lose first down too often, they're behind the chains too often. They become that much more predictable behind the chains. Everybody does. So when you're operating from second and eight, nine or 10, as opposed to second and six, where you can run anything in your playbook, you know, or second and five, where you can run anything in your playbook, you're going to see drastically different results. And so, Florida State, if you're looking to watch this thing progress against a good defense, has got to find a way to win first down more consistently. Duke is the kind of team, there's a couple of others on our schedule moving forward, that are capable of pushing Florida State behind the chains more frequently than we would like. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you watch these kinds of games keenly. I don't think Duke's offense is good enough to do enough to steal a win here. But Florida State's offense could be made to look bad if they consistently lose first down. So it'll be interesting to
2: see how that works. You know, totally. That's, that's the game this weekend, is, is what's your first down plan? You know, and, and look, I, I'm not going to pretend to be in those meetings. It's just, I can't wait to see it. It could be a lot of different things. Theorizing, it could be perimeter passes to the receivers and you let your guys block for you. It could be featuring Jaheim Bell because Notre Dame proved that whether it's a safety or a linebacker, Nobody can cover on Duke a good tight end in a one-on-one situation. Could it be that you found some semblance of a run game, like they did something different two weeks ago than they did last week in terms of the types of runs that they brought to the table? Is it just straight ahead? Are we more straight ahead uh, in the running game than we have been? Because anything laterally, this is the weirdest part. This is the weirdest part about Duke, I'm putting it in the article tomorrow, which is you don't want to go side to side against Duke. They're too quick. What? Like when I was growing up in the nineties, that was only used for two defenses in the country. Yeah. One of them was ours and the other was Miami's. You don't want to go side to side against this defense. They're too quick. That's Duke. They're too, if you're trying to run long developing runs, you're pulling, you know, guards, they're also aggressive when they get downhill and tackle. And they have a really good plan for how to create, you know, uh, contain windows, like all kinds of stuff that they do up front. It's fun to watch. But again, you know, I don't know that their secondary is ready for, for this particular challenge. If you've got a, a good plan, and then obviously if Jordan can deliver the ball accurately
1: down the field. win first down in the past game, Tom. That's the plan. We've worked it out today, buddy. Let's come back and wrap it up with the shortest probables of the year. Well, there's only two. There's not many teams left, guys. Jeff ninety three three, Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV.
0: The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
1: Wrapping it up, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. And uh, only one probables, but we could cue it. We could cue it up and do our probables. Here you go.
2: It's time for... How you say with the pitching
1: uh, probables? And away we go. Astros, Rangers, Christian Javier, Max Scherzer. Quick question for you. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Do you think it's a mistake to go with Max Scherzer tonight?
2: Uh, I think they'll have somebody ready early on in the game, and that's not. Uh, that's just the right thing to do. I'm not trying to besmirch Max, but you'll also know if he has it pretty early. Yeah. Years.
1: Yeah. I think that they may be doing it because Christian Javier has been unhittable. Yeah. So if yeah. you're going to lose a game, throw Max out there, and let him get lit up like a Christmas tree. Right. Who cares?
2: Let's see what he can do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The thing about Javier, though, is he he will pitch himself in the jams, and all it takes is a you know a Texas leaguer, and you got yourself a ball game. Now, I just wonder if there's an avalanche effect if he finally gives up the big situational hit. You know, does that mean that something because the twins had him on the ropes four or five times in the last series and he gets and out of it. I mean, he just finds a way to make the pitch. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he's been really, really good and one and zero with nine strikeouts and uh, he's, he's been he's been tough nut to crack. You can get you can get to him, but you can't always get him up out of there. By the way, also football wise, uh, we've got FIU, Sam Houston and New Mexico State and UTEP. I know you'll be locked in, Tom.
2: Uh, I'll probably be more locked into something else. Not, I mean, maybe, maybe uh TV two will have baseball and we'll put on like a, a movie tonight or something. I think that's the direction we're going. I, I love football as much as the next guy, but yeah, the Tom, thing is we'll- part of 50 straight days, sir. You don't want to watch 50 straight days of football. You'll be longing for it in the off season. Now, like if you told me that those two teams tonight are playing in a bowl, I'm all for it. But on a Wednesday in October. No, I, maybe I could put some hockey on. Maybe we'll have some hockey on the TV tonight.
1: That's my dog barking in the background. And-
2: <laughs> the bug man cometh, and so the dog barketh, and he is uh, he's shaking his head.
1: You may I- just have to play music from here on out
2: because he's got a big... <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no chance this gets done properly.
2: <laughs> I guess that's all, folks. Uh, one thing we would say and promote here, we can promote properly, is that though Jeff is sick as a dog, and though he is cajoling his dog into stopping the barking thing right now, the interactive hour tonight on War Chant TV is a full go. That's part of the reason we recorded this puppy, is because tonight at seven o'clock, Jeff needed his beauty rest. He needed his sickness sleep. He needed the slumber to get I desperately.
1: Desperate. I desperately need to sleep from now until we come on and have the interactive chat. And I look forward to the chat, but yes, it's going to be tough.
2: Yeah, so 7 o'clock tonight. It is on as scheduled. My man's a warrior. He's pulling double duty today. And I wonder if Maggie has calmed down enough for him to send us off or if I need to do that today.
1: I can send us off. She's not calmed down, but she will momentarily. And in the interim, I shall say to everybody, good work out of you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching. Join us tonight at 7 o'clock. Look forward to the questions. I'm going to go lay down, get some sleep, get geared up, be ready to roll. Until then, peace.
2: Get my man a chicken Philly. (music) we <music>